0: Hello, this is Richard Herring. You're about to listen to my Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I hope you enjoy it. It is free. There are loads of ways that you can pay us back, uh, either with money or just with goodwill. Uh, the most easy one is to go to gofasterstripe.com slash R-H-L-S-T-P-5, where you can buy a series pass with the video and audio, uh, or just an audio series pass, uh, or an individual episode is, would just be a fantastic help for us. Or you can make a donation either in return for a badge... Uh, one-off or monthly which would be very helpful to us or even just for nothing if you don't want a badge you can just give us whatever you can afford Uh, it can be a pound just a pound i'm also on tour and going to be doing the edinburgh fringe so you can come and see we're all going to die uh, if you're listening to this in the spring or lord of the dance Is going to be my editor of a show uh, in August and beyond. Um, go to richardherring.com to look into details of that. But let's get on with the show. You don't want to hear about all this. Give us some money. Just pay us a pound. It'll be lovely. We'll make more as it occurs to me. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who knows when International Men's Day is. It's Richard Herring! It's November the 19th. Hello! Hello, welcome to Richard Arring's Esther Square Theatre Podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Esther yes. Oh, Oh, yeah, a bit muted, not good, not good enough. Uh, so, not enough cool kids in tonight. Uh, we've got a fantastic show uh, lined up for you. I that This will be going out sometime in April, I think, to begin with, and people will be listening for the rest of the human time. So this, people could be listening to this in the year 2897, I'm guessing. Uh, but the, we recorded this the week uh, of just after International Women's Day, which was... Uh, uh, I can't remember when it is. Uh, who cares? 8th of March, I think. And, um, uh, but uh, every day... I I've, I've get quite annoyed about this, as do many other people. Every time it's International Women's Day, men will go on Twitter and go, when is going to be International Men's Day? Or would that be sexist? Uh, so this year I decided I would spend the whole day Uh, telling all the men who asked that that it was November the 19th which took me quite a a long time I did it for about I mean over 14 hours worth of time Uh, Andy McAiche a long time fan of of this show uh, did uh, storify the whole thing I, I, I think there was about 700 tweets I thought I thought Twitter like, banned you if you did too many tweets I thought they you know, took, put you in Twitter jail they didn't seem to want to do that I was kind of hoping that would happen to be honest because it was going along I had stuff to do I was taking my wife out to dinner and but you know some things are more important than that on the, on, on International Women's Day than your own wife so uh, it's, it's November the 19th but it's, uh, it's, I think it's a very interesting thing because it does sort of show the mentality of that kind of person is just need your, A. not to be delighted that there's Just one day out of 365 days that we might celebrate women—that seems to me a nice thing to do. I'd like more days uh, that we did that. Uh, But B, just to have the knee-jerk reaction: Yeah, why isn't there? Why is it someone else's birthday? Why is it not my birthday? (laughs) What pancake day? When will we have non-batter-based day? (laughs) It's just (laughs) like—and the fact that there is an International Men's Day. I mean, it's like a child, really, isn't it? It's going, you know, Mother's Day. When will it be Children's Day? Mm. Uh, every day is Children's Day, also Children's Day, I believe is the 1st of July. If, uh, any, if any child asks you that, that's just off the top of my head, forgive me if I've got that wrong. Uh, so let's have a quick look uh, at uh, some of the freaks in the audience. Just this is, this is kind of fun, <laughs> that man laughed nervously, he knew it was going to come straight to him. Uh, there. They're, this is, this is they're, they're generally the front row is becoming more attractive. I mean, you two have been here all the time. You're the you're like the catalyst. The, is that the word? Right, no, you're the control that proved so by which we can tell. You're both quite nice looking for my fans. I have to say, especially you. He hasn't he hasn't got any hair, but you are you are quite nice looking. But uh, you're quite new. What's, what's your name, sir? Steve. Steve? That's good, Very bold. And what do you do for a living, Steve? Uh, I'm a railway engineer. You're a railway engineer. That is like every boy's dream. Are you really a railway engineer, or are you just saying I want to be a railway engineer when I grow up? I'm just going to tell him. What? So you drive railway engines? I design railways. That's not as good. He, de- he designs railways. That's useless. Who cares about that? We want a bloke just up the front. Who? That your dad does that. Ah, oh, that's how you got the job. That is, that's how it works. It's full of nepotism, the railway. That is a very good job. See, it used to just be internet nerds. Now look at this bloke. He's out building... You don't ever build them, do you? Just you sit in with a computer and okay, put a bit of track here. Then put a line... Put a line across the track. That's how the track works. Two track. Then put a lot of some sleepers. That's what they're called. You probably know that. Uh, line... <laughs> Then make it go there. Doesn't they doesn't they just tell you where it has to go? No, no you can just decide. It's going through your house, bad luck, fuck off. Yeah, sorry, I should put point that at you too, but. And are you his uh, young lady? Yeah. Are you married or just courting? I don't want to marry a railway engineer, don't you? Just that you just have the fun of that. Does he when you're in the bedroom, does he play videos of trains going into tunnels? <laughs> in the other bed that's in the other bedroom. What what's your name? Holly, and what what do you do for a living, Holly? Uh, I'm a stockbroker. You're a stockbroker, Look at that? It's like proper people with proper jobs. I I did a, a, a I don't do many corporates. I did a corporate for some stockbrokers recently. Were you there? No, no. it was it was an award ceremony, so you can't be very good. You your job. <laughs> uh, but I did, I couldn't. I thought stockbrokers were to blame for like all the economy going wrong. But it's not your fault, is it? Not really. The it's the other ones. Well, it's because they. No, it's the more the banks and the stockbrokers. Isn't it? I still. It's just so boring. Uh, just, I'm, it is really. see, it is boring. She's not offended. It is boring. Uh, cool. Look, we've got someone coming on who's going to talk loads. Actually, so I, I should probably shut up, or maybe I should talk a lot now so that, that we'll we'll get to the rest of you in the second show. You're a much, but you're much worse than next week's audience. Um, <laughs> Slightly blow my mind. Uh, So, uh, our first uh, guest here today uh, is uh, probably best known as being the host of Sitcom Showdown, the uh, five-episode UK gold (laughs) show. He was also in the film Wimbledon. uh, Probably just his voice, I'm guessing, but I might be wrong. Will you please welcome Danny Baker, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully. Danny Baker. Sit down, pull up a mic. Yeah, there we go. we're off. Thank you very much. Good. You. Sitcom showdown, yeah. hooray. <laughs> we'll just get up, I'm sure everyone wants to talk to you about sitcom showdown. It, it, it's a weird thing, Richard, and uh, thank you for
1: having me here on That's International Women's Boxing Day. Uh,
0: <laughs> the... Uh, uh, <laughs>
1: genuinely, I've been doing uh, this racket so long. I mean, longer than everyone, you know, with varying degrees of success, put it that way. Since 1979. 1979. And I genuinely cannot remember programmes I made, series I made. <laughs> Unfortunately the public can. Uh, but when you mentioned that, I thought, oh yeah. <laughs> what an outrage. What a, what a stinker. But you hey, know, that's it. I always say if you if you look at Bing Crosby's C V, yeah. he makes a pretty bad film. <laughs> that's one of the teenagers, Bing Crosby's <laughs> He makes a, if he makes some clinkers that I'm well yeah. and truly entitled to. Do you, do you, what, was, what was the premise? It was I, I It's I a good idea. Yeah. Lousily executed. <laughs> it was uh, uh, it was a good idea. It was here's here's why not anyone could care less. But this gives you the, the usual machinations of when you go into something, and I can as you probably tell talk up a storm. And I but I'm no good with the corporate side of things quite famously. So I will stand and talk to you and a few executives at some thing, and I will. On, so I'll tell you it'll be a good show and one of those. Yeah. Uh, and usually then I said you get. Because it was for a a, a channel that just showed sitcoms. It was a UK comedy or whatever it was. And they said, we've got all these shows, but we don't want original content to do. I said, well, you've got these shows. Get in fanatics of them. So you have a lot of people who love Forty Towers playing, a lot of people who love A&R Mum, And you base it on uh, whether they can do the next line. We come up the rounds pretty easily enough uh, about the sitcoms. and all, And at the end of it, whoever wins it, gets to show their sitcom afterwards. So it ends, and it says, well, today's winners were 40 Towers, so we stand by on the other side of these ads. It's going to be gourmet night. Shh. Wait, not a yeah, bad idea. Good idea. Except when we came to film it, they said, "Oh, uh, we can't do that thing." Will you show them the thing afterwards? <laughs> I said, "But that's that's what you get." They said, "Can you come up with something else?" And I swear it was on the day. So we got this stupid thing. We got. I'm distancing myself now. Get away from me, you fool! You'll drown us all. i come up with this stupid idea of the the cushion of shame. It wasn't the worst program it's ever been on, but it was close. And we, uh, anyway. So that's that's how things are, like get away from you. Yeah. yeah. And Unfortunately, I usually have a few things going on at the time, but that was was all right. It wasn't the the worst thing I've ever done by some distance.
0: (laughs) What what do you you think the worst thing you've ever done is?
1: (laughs) Worst thing I've ever done, and we'll take a vote on this towards the end of the show, I'm sure you all have your own opinions, uh, is I did a thing called The Bottom Line. Uh, I became a consumer journalist. <laughs> Again, I, uh, 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 it was a program, it was ITV's answer to not that's life even, but kind of watchdog. Right. And for light relief, uh, they, they said, you, you know, you, can, you could do that. Me and Emma Freud and all of this, and it was right. 80s, and it was all, you know. But I, of course, sympathized with the perpetrators rather than the victims. <laughs> I just did, because I just, it, because my stuff wasn't like, you know, the life or death, but it'd be like this couple, you know, in Southport saying, We gave a man who said he was going to do our extension, uh, he was going to make a, a gazebo on the back. We paid him 17,000 pounds and we've not seen him again. So you go, well, 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 you gave him 17 grand. Well, there you go. And, and apparently that wasn't the depth the show was looking
0: for. Uh,
1: and anyway, they, they they try to.
0: But that is a great show. I mean, I think you should pitch that show. That a show, show <laughs> a show where you just go and go, what? You're an idiot. I, I, I
1: know. <laughs> well, yeah. you, because, but that's the duplicity sometimes in telly. They know people. Am going? What you just gave him seventeen thousand? <laughs> and these were, you know, they, they were saying, yeah, and we we haven't seen him since. Well, I bet you ain't. Yeah? you know, uh, on on a on London Weekend once uh, years ago, we used to do a show called The Six O'clock Show. I did it for six and a half years. Uh, and upstairs used to be a. The serious end of you know we were the people who got the the, the the advertising, but it funded the more worthy shows. And Telly loves worthy shows, as uh, Stephen Colbert once said. The motto of all media is: if you're not scared, we're not doing our job. <laughs> uh, and that's how television runs to a large extent. And they um, <laughs> went to buy a gun. And this is that this never broke as a story. This is. 30 years ago. And I remember them standing in the bar, and they said, well, said, well, we've had a real problem here, because we're showing how easy it is to buy a gun in London. Oh, yeah? Well, you know, so we kind of uh, set up this camera in a pub, and we're up this guy, and we said, can you get us a gun? And he said, sure. And we said, how much? He said, 500. We gave him the 500. He went out of the pub. We haven't seen him. And <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you go, well, Yeah. No, it just shows, you know, out on the street, it's tough. No, because you're a camera crew. I'll get you a gun. Here's 500. And, of course, he's just gone to get us a gun. We're going to show how easy it is. He said he'll be back in 10 to 15 minutes. And we're going to show you how easy... He didn't come... No, of course he didn't come back! (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, uh, uh, the worst. I think the worst thing I've ever done was a thing called the bottom line for Thames. Yeah. But the, but as I say, the, the, the competition is fierce.
0: <laughs> but you've, I mean, you have got, an, um, um, it's such a broad career of so many different things. So it's a Swiss it, it, you, Army you, knife in the best way. It's a yeah. Swiss
1: Army knife, and and I mean, uh, I mean, I was I uh, I I didn't plan to do this, uh, 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 and it's it, it's an extraordinary convoluted. Anyone who's And I I am plugging. Anyone who's read the book knows it was an extraordinary thing to do, to end up doing this. Uh, And uh, because I was a writer, and then I got diverted away from doing it because uh, in the end it becomes just a personality thing. And the horrible thing is, I really am like this. Everyone says, you know, they said to my wife sometimes, Is he like that indoors? And she goes, Yeah, he is. (laughs) And, And so it just becomes so you write, and then, you know, you're writing shows for other people, you're doing shows of varying quality yourself uh, and uh, I can do stuff but in, in any depth I don't think so but I'm certainly happy to be shallow I really, I really, genuinely I just think it's quite hard sometimes to do the froth and the, yeah, the radio I mean, stuff is incredibly upbeat,
0: yeah.
1: uh, it's extraordinarily upbeat because the, the, the downbeat never interests me, no. so yeah I've been 35 years doing it but does it amount to a hill of beans, I mean who cares in the end no, nobody thinks about it that much I'm under no illusions the audience think want to think about anything I do afterwards. You know, I'm not
0: Attenborough. <laughs> well, but there's more to it. I mean, I think you put yourself down a bit. And there's more to it than just... No, I'm just... a good writer, and some, some yeah. things work. And I did Win, Lose or Draw, the old yeah. game show. That was
1: fun. It was Seven great. a day, if you don't yeah. mind. You just go off, change your shirt, come back on, and just do this. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it, it's an ex- extension of how I am, but it, it sometimes fits and it sometimes doesn't. I mean, when I did the talk shows, that was never going to work. Ask yourself why. (laughs) (laughs) You you simply know why they were paying me to listen. I have no idea, but they did. And it's not like oh, I took the money. You know, I did a pretty good job. But I can't. I've I've never been a career television or media person, which is odd given I've been doing it 35 years. But I think probably that is what leads to the unsinkability. You you don't put any store by it, and it also emboldens you when you want to. Tell yeah, them in forthright terms that you don't want to work
0: for. Yeah, well, they, what is very interesting about you is that you will say what you think, and you will lose jobs, but you will bounce back. Yeah, I,
1: I, I tend to think, but they're not. If it if was just peak, you know, it'd be something. Uh, but, but and most of the things, fortunately, these days, um, they, they leave us alone. Yeah, uh, they let us. They're turn scared. Up. That's why. No, I know, yeah, may maybe, we maybe have to let them go now. I'm not us off. The, <laughs> most of the people I've worked with. I've always worked with. Yeah. But. The, 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 the as we know the management side of it I don't get I don't get what they do no. uh, and I don't uh, God love them but uh, you know, the famous statistic there's more meeting rooms at the BBC than there are studios and all of that yeah. and uh, I, I knew the well, the last time I did me and walked out I knew the uh, uh, I, I mean I just I just knew it was another they just wanted radio vanilla yeah. and to take a show like I was doing and say oh we're refreshing the schedules what you're supposed to do is send a washbish email or write a piece in the Guardian. No, I'll, I'll t- I won't milk it, but I'll walk straight up to you and I'll tell you what I think. Yeah. And the show before, they let me go on the air because they were all... They let us go on and do a show after that. I was saying you and you and they still let me walk in and do a programme. Wow. They don't want at the BBC, you know, instead of saying, well, we can't let him go on here, he's out of control, they let us go on and, and do it. But it's very cathartic, which is why I never feel the need afterwards to do it. And yeah. also, I just genuinely think that was wrong... Uh, yes, it's personal, and a lot of people afterwards said, Oh, but you know, people are getting laid off all the time, and Comet are just shut down. And with, of course, Comet. If Comet shuts down, you know, because I remember someone said that. Oh, you know, who is he? Four thousand people. Just fine. Well, not fine in that way. But if the team with Comet, that's a tragedy of a social scale. You fire four thousand people, it's a tragedy. You fire one, it's personal. <laughs> and I, I,
0: I reserve the right to react personally. But they yeah.
1: just ain't used to it in our game. They're no. just
0: not. It was an amazing deck because it kind of, it sort of, it, again, Twitter, I suppose, stoked it because oh, you, yeah. were, you were doing your show and people were going, oh, listen to this show. Oh, yeah, because, to this because it, it so it it
1: means, I hope it was a good show. It wasn't a particularly ill tempered show. it's quite funny, and you know? I yeah. hope we realised some perspective on it. But, and it's also, <laughs> it's just a tremendous amount of fun to do there. It just is. And we all want to do it. And when, I don't do it all the time, but whenever I've done it, I've never regretted it for a second. <laughs> All the time you're broadcasting, oh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Uh, this is what they want, as Chris Tarrant used to say. And I knew it was a Viking funeral, Yeah. but I was damned I was going to stand for another three months to be refreshed out of the schedules. No. Two weeks before they're using me as a poster boy, not get rid of the local radio. But it's cause they, it is because uh, it's just me and the audience, and there's no need for them to come up with... You know, ideas, you know, devil dogs in Hackney things like that, that's their idea the stupid double-decker bus going around asking about issues, yeah. a one-on-one show where you turn up, do it and go home again doesn't give them a role, and that is the thing, that is the thing they could not bear the yeah. idea that, well why isn't this I'll tell you the thing <laughs> about, this is what when, when, this, no, sorry Richard, but this is yeah. what I think. <laughs> about, I remember about two weeks before it, uh, and some squeak come in to see us, and they never before the show, Look, get on with one-on-one, but don't don't tell me how to do that, because it's, you know, it's, it's soon come some kid. Uh, hi Danny, um, uh, my name's uh, Nick, uh, okay, yeah, um, uh, oh, we haven't actually met, I've only been here a few weeks, I thought, yeah, you're trouble, you can tell it. And, um, anyway, I don't know if you know, but it's 50 years since um, the Beatles made Love Me Do. Yes, I know, it's been everywhere, yeah. I well, we're thinking of having a Beatles day, right, okay. Uh, so, well, you know, maybe you could ask on your show today, what's your favourite Beatles record? <laughs> <laughs> I said that uh, what's your favourite Beatles record so he said yeah you know and the people can ring in and say you know I don't know she loves you and I said how do you know about she loves you so he said well I said no mate alright i I'll come up with something but probably not what's your favourite Beatles record you know <laughs> that's all I do I'll probably ask people uh, have you ever tripped up Ringo Starr there, <laughs> <laughs> because and that's the rule that is the rule because the, the gen, what radio does this generic thing you know it's your show We want your views. We're here to represent you. Yeah, but you're getting paid. Do something. You know, it's our show. Well, what are you doing then? That that abdication of responsibility I could never bear. You know, you're there and every show you should be knocking yourself out and trying. Don't be generic, be specific. Does your grandmother play the saxophone the other week? Now, how many people's mothers were in the Ivy Benson band? But you get. Everyone thinks up well, But if one person's was and did, and she comes on the phone and plays, uh, all, uh, "Someone, no one to talk to, all by myself, no one to talk to," uh, on the saxophone, that's radio. And you, that, and all the audience say, well, "I've no idea what that was." We did, we, we did one. Uh, what has it ever got stuck to your grandmother once? <laughs> A lot of people said my grandfather, but yeah. the. Uh, the uh, but it's, it's just coming up with nine stupid things, but yeah. in a management, they can't get there. Why aren't we talking about the issues of London? You know what? Because people in London ain't talking about the issues of London nine times out of ten. And here's a... We don't actually like each other. People in Lewisham don't like people in End. People in End don't like people in Twickenham. Stop making that we're an amorphous mob that you can somehow corral into your vile pit of mediocrity. <laughs> and so you just... Yeah, but, yeah, anyway, there you go, but
0: in management that's not a popular opinion no <laughs> so <laughs> but it's interesting they don't leave you know you know what you're doing you've done this for a long time and that they're coming in and the idea that anyone could come and suggest a, well, I don't phone think and that phone into you I've got an idea and then it's what's no, your favourite Beatles, what's record? Your favorite Beatles <laughs> record and that
1: to me I mean I just found that what and the station by and large is pet. it serves London as if it's, you know, uh, uh, Truro, because it doesn't want to, it's just too vanilla, and the thing is, it's all poppy thing and all of that. Uh, and the, but the, since then, it made me go back to work, and I've been forced back on the television, and nobody wanted that. <laughs> so it serves
0: them right. Uh, but it was a great, and I'll go back and do that show in a heartbeat. I used to love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. So let's talk about it. just for people who don't know. Let's just talk about how you you started out because you, you you left school at fourteen, which is kind of a surprise, really, that that anyone could leave school. at It was at the last 14, time you could. Was it? Yeah. it was the last time you could. In nineteen seventy-two, Easter
1: seventy-two, they changed right. it to fifteen that summer. Right, so. which I knew, and uh, <laughs> uh, 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 and I, it just I, I want I I again had this idea that I didn't want to do any job where I had to. Show a certificate. Now that's you say. That's it's it's swaggering. Yes, it's also reckless. But I didn't do it like that. I, I, my friend worked in a record shop in the West End, and he was leaving. And he said, "You should do it." Right. So I left. I was I was you know always top of the class. I was. Bright as a button. Well, yeah. oh, that, that said, uh, it was a school up the top of that. I street and I used to come first in year, and the fellow used to come second in year. Is went on to be a roadie for Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. So the competition wasn't that stiff. Uh, but the uh, uh, but, but the teachers all said, oh, if you hang on, you know, you know you could we, we always send two people on the net west course. You know, God love That's fine. That's all right. But it wasn't for me. You could have your own window in a year. I remember they said, and I went into a record shop. Record shop. Just led on to everything else. It's extraordinarily fortuitous. It just is. Uh, uh, It is. That's why when schools say sometimes would you come back and talk to, I can't. I left at (laughs) fourteen to work in a record shop. Uh, I've got. I can't. uh, There's nothing I can say to them because it's different now. Yes, but uh, academia was never saying that. that, that, uh, My son kind of was like ejecting university after two months because. He said, I'm not going to stay there three years so they can tell me what I think about Jack Kerouac. Well done, son. Uh, <laughs> didn't work again for a year afterwards, but well done, son. He, uh, <laughs> but I, I don't mind them grim old gestures, and I think you know people can be more resilient than that. But
0: yeah, I did. I left school at 14. Yeah. And you'd passed, your, you'd, you'd passed your 11 plus. So, and you'd no, I didn't, refused, the, I didn't do the 11 you re, plus. You refused to, I, didn't, I thought you'd refuse no. to go to grammar school. No, no,
1: I'll could, I could, come top in the primary school, rather right. I've junior mixed. Uh, and that entitled you to go to a grammar school but my mates was all going to West Greenwich yeah. uh, and so I thought I'd go there and John Lacey went and he was lonely. John, we see John on the bus in his brown blazer and uh, <laughs> but we were a good good, uh, good gang over there and well, yeah. West Greenwich was a good school, a pretty... You know, uh, yeah, it was quite boisterous. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, and, I, and at 14, I thought all that would do. But I've been selling stuff at Petticoat Lane and stuff for years. I've been going over there because my dad was a doctor and used to get all sorts of stuff. And at 11 years old, I used to get two trains to Petticoat Lane and all the stall holders. And knock out stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I'm an old, own kids now. No, <laughs> I'd don't, rather I don't have that because uh, I see it's all different now. I don't, I'm not quite sure it is, but so it, <laughs> leaving at fourteen
0: was just giving up the day job in some ways. Yeah, and so the and so this led on to uh, working uh, being being in punk rock at the beginning. No, that, of was, that again, was again. Was, uh, it's, was that was
1: it's, it's so it's, it's it's too unlikely.
0: We're actually making the book
1: into a, a BBC series at the moment. Yeah. And some of the things you do have to take pause because there's a wonderful uh, saying that the difference between um, real life and fiction is that fiction has to make sense. Uh, and um, if you look at that, it doesn't. It's this, even reading it, people say, this is all a bit pat, isn't it? You finish in one job, you walk into someone who says, I do this, come and do that. And you finish that job, and it just has done that. Yeah, It just has done that. It's, it's extraordinary. It really is the idea of even getting into telly because I was interviewed as a punk rocker, which I shouldn't have been because I wasn't really a punk rocker, <laughs> although we were in punk rock, but only because I had a record that a mate of mine wanted who was very into punk rock, and I worked in a record tr- yeah. Dominoes, you know, real dominoes. And after a while, and I'm 60 in 18 months, I'm 60 years old in 18 months, and so you gotta after a while think, well, this is what you've done. This is not a game. This is what you've done. And I think, over the last 10 years, you think, no, no, no I can write a fairly, you know, Present, but that's like being a Deutschmark after the First World War, who can't present. Uh, and, uh, and I know how things work, but the, the, it, is, it is an extraordinary route. I'm sorry if it doesn't really answer any of the no, m- right. mysteries. I, having right. never applied for a job in my life. Yeah, but, you know, I think the force of your personality yeah, <laughs> may be yeah, yeah, the Quentin, reason for Chris Quentin Crisp said a great thing once. <laughs> Quentin Crisp was being interviewed by Mavis Nicholson. Now, there was an interrogator, my friend. Uh, <laughs> Mavis' show in the afternoon, you know, uh, like an assassin, very quick. And she just, and he was talking. And I love Quick and Crisp. And he was, and that's why I'm going to move to New York because I. Mavis, do you mind if we stop now? I've just come to the end of my personality. <laughs> that's what he said. Well, that's the kind of nerve I'd like to have. And, he, and she went, "Oh, um, okay, then. Thank you very much, Quentin. I've just come to the end of my
0: personality.
1: <laughs> and if that happens, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Imagine you know? if that was the
0: end of well. the like Sorry, there's well, We don't finish <laughs> this today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. But well, the thing I want to talk to you about, then, that sort of slightly comes out of that, is that. Well, I kind of... In the uh, Des Island you were talking to Kirsty yeah. about this, about the fact that you always just spend your money even if you don't really have any. You've never cared about money. I've always and...
1: been to get hold of it. My dad was the same. My dad is the real hero of the book, not in a sentimental way. He just is. He's, he's, you know, honestly, yeah. if you want to see me shut up, you'd have a job now. He's been dead four years, but bring the old man in. <laughs> he, uh, uh, it was an unsentimental... And I'd walk down the street when I was doing lots of telly. Car would go, always be with me old man. My dad was... Uh, uh, he was a dock worker, but he was one of 14 kids, but he was an extraordinarily, uh, he was a whirlwind, uh, and he was explosive, that's the word. Yeah. I've never been physical, my old man used to, I mean he said to me wonderfully once when I was, you've heard me say it before, when I was in one of the stinker reviews I got in one of the papers, and uh, he, he, he sat in my house and he had, whatever it was, it was either Independent or Today or one of them, I'm, and he looked at it he went what are you going to do about that I said what he went who's blokes saying about you here so I said nothing I said you know nothing it's it's, there it is you know that's what they do you know the trouble with your game I said what he said there's not enough right handers dished out (laughs) he's right he's right you try that in the dock you'll end up in the fucking drink and I said all right all right that, that story, uh, again, in the book, the uh, Cla- I mean, old man was uh, fearless, you know? mm. absolutely fearless in a terrific way. Everyone, he looked like big fella, like Bernard Breslau, big fella. And he said, when we were in uh, the Conran store, uh, when I started earning a few quid, and uh, he used to always run me anywhere, I'll come with you. And I'm in Conran, and uh, my wife's got exquisite taste. And uh, anyway, so we're, we're walking around, and all I can hear in the distance as we're in there is my old man turning over price tags, man. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> any anyway, rate, so I said, "Dad, why don't you go over to the pub?" And I said, "No, i going. I'll give your hand out with the stuff." I said, you "Don't have to give people hand out with the stuff." Still, any rate, so we finished up, and I said, "So this assistant had been following us around. Nice chat, but little fay, but of ran Anything else?" I said, "No." I said, "It's just the um, just that table and the chest of drawers and the uh, cushions, thanks." Uh, he said, "Right." Um, and as we my old man said, "I say chairs." He called everyone chairs. <laughs> I say chairs. He went, "Yes." He went. We don't want a receipt. So he went, I'm sorry, he went, we don't want a receipt. (laughs) In my old man's terms, we'll meet you round the back, give you a score, we all win. So I said, Dad. (laughs) So I said, he went, why is it we don't want a receipt? So the fellow went, "Uh, okay, I won't make you one. (laughs) And he walked away (laughs) and my old man went, I don't know, why are you shopping these fucking places? (laughs) I said, Dad, it's not a breakers' yard in Deptford. He's not looking for a drink. Everyone's looking for a drink. Don't you worry about that. And he may have been right. We was outside a, a, a car park once, Richard. A car park in Poland Street. It's only about ten years ago. And it's because he took me. out So we're in a car park, and he's in the motor... And it's Saturday, so everyone's lining up, waiting for spaces. Now, once you're in that queue, you can't get out of it. There's someone... What are we going to do? Oh. Anyway, on this side, it's contractor only. So cars are going up this side and straight in. Now, I know that that's because they've got a contract. They, 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 yeah. they, What's going on there? So I said, <laughs> "What? Well, that's contracts. Never in your light. i say, "Chase." <laughs> <laughs> bloke lent out of the booth. He went, can we get in the swim? I said, there is no swim. There's always a swim. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Any anyway, rate, I said, Dad, it's, the fella don't know what you're talking about. bloke gets out and starts walking down the waters. I say, can we have some of that? What's it going to cost us to do that? Uh, I don't know. So my old man gets a fiver. Eh? Get, we get in the swim. We go in. <laughs> He, he, he could always attract what he always called approachable people. <laughs> Everyone's approachable, don't you? Everyone's appro- the best. Sorry, Richard, I'll do a follow. The oh, best. Please go ahead. About this, 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 this I've it, had a tough week. I'm you, happy you, to sit set. Yeah. I was at this is my old man. We we're at the, when I was doing the you know talk show over at the BBC, uh, wearing corduroy jackets and roll necks. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Harry Enfield was on. And my old man used to always, you know, he'd come up and he'd always sit in the green room. Uh, and he would just sit there. Well, it's all free. So i say, yeah, lovely. So it, uh, he'd sit there. And people like me, old man. He's very, and they'd talk to him. So, so Fred, you know, um, what do you think of Danny's career? So, well, you know. Anyway, so he's sitting there talking, but he's not paying any attention. So he's had a couple of brandies and uh, he was talking to whoever's backstage. And like. Anyway, so Harry's on there. And my question to Harry was, he was coming back with a new series. He's got new characters. Any new characters, we've got to know and Harry was just introducing a character that did very well for him. That fellow used to get very angry very quickly. Yeah. you know, uh, Richard, uh, it's all right uh, you doing this show on the internet. If you said to me, if this was a BBC <laughs> One show, and you said, I'd say, oh, you know, Harry, no, that character, yeah. remember him? So it, nobody had seen it at the time. So he said, he said, yes, very. So he'd say, and Harry got carried away and knew the BBC couldn't use this, but because he was, he said. Uh, I'd say, Baker, you might think yourself you've come away from the streets of Deptford and now you've got your talk show, but you're not Parkinson. And I, as far as I'm concerned, Baker, no. Now, my old man has heard the rise in the voice and turned around and looked at the telly. <laughs> no, as far as I'm concerned, you're just a loud mouth, cockney, cunt, <laughs> My old man's gone. <laughs> He's got out, this is absolutely true, he got out of his chair. Walk to the stage door, everyone's Harry, thanks, that was all good, you know, great, all still applauding, and I'm going, my next guest tonight, Harry's come through the double doors, my old man grabbed hold of him, he threw him up against him His mother could've been out there tonight. You dare talk to my boy like that. <laughs> Harry, was, Harry's do you know what Harry's like in real life? Um, I don't I said, I heard what you said there with him. I oh, could people are pulling me old man off of him afterwards. I said, Dad. Because they turfed him out, they made him go and sit in reception. I don't care. I, don't, I said, Dad, it's a character. a ain't a joke. We'll call you that. How's that a joke? He's right. Uh, so I said, How's that a joke? any anyway, rate, every time I see Harry to this day, and he knows my old man's past, and he goes, y- Your dad's not with you, is he? Every single time. That was my old man. So it's very difficult to get lost in show business yeah. when, you know, always at home, you, you, that's where you're from. That people will hold celebrities up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you. Well, it was terrible. You're going to have to work with your dad. So you ever worked with him? I've been trying since I was two. <laughs> anyway, rate, so
0: So, yeah, but do you think... I was, I was talking, someone talked about this on I wanted to ask you about it anyway, but he was quite annoyed that you say, oh, I just spend my money, and I don't care about insurance. No idea. I, I, I I'll knock it all out always. Yeah. But I quite like that. I, well, A, I think if... Or, I mean, I'm not saying you're enormously wealthy in the way that, say, that's not broken. I don't know. I do... But, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, if everyone, when the recession came, I just thought, if all the people who had lots of money went out and spent all their money, there wouldn't be a recession. Would they? they went and spent it's, out it's to
1: some money? It's not To dignify it, it's called a philosophy. You know, and it's only possibly, uh, when you say it out loud, but everyone I know, up to a point, uh, is incredibly generous. And it ain't a point of saying... Uh, I mean, like the other week I went out with you know, my old old friends. Uh, and you can't say, I'll get the drinks or not. But I'd happily do that. And so would they. Yeah. Uh, and it's not about the big I am. It's just you... Uh, I mean, I, I, my dad really did put money under a carpet behind a wardrobe. He would pull the wardrobe back and there would be the money. And I'm not naive about it, but I, I've earned some tremendous sums. And when you get paid, it doesn't occur to me well what I'll do with this is I've never had a production company I've never invested in anything I knock it out I get everyone I take care of everyone around us we go off on holidays and we come back and we start again He's always said to me my old man he said you're like me boy you'll always be out of forage and get a few quid and again it's horrendously reckless and it sounds very look, full of braggadocio. but it's I, I've always done it yeah. I've al- always sneaked off and when I didn't have a tan I'd always in a record shop blime in a record shop officially was earning £15.58 a week but it, you know <laughs> uh, well it was a little record shop in South Moulton Street and that's when John used to work it was tiny, and it was bit, at that time there were no mega stores and you used to get yeah. imports and a lot of people used to come in and spend a lot of money and the till was in a little alcove and uh, there's a moment in I um, know, uh, oh, there's a moment in, uh, <laughs> in Alfie, in the film Alfie where he says to Jane Asher and about time you started playing the piano on that till, and she says, because she works in a cashman, oh, I couldn't think, do that, Alfie, they're like family to me. He says, that's all the more reason to do them, blimey. That must be the only till in London that ain't bent. And, and I, you know, it was, it, let's dignify and call it survival. But in then I used to earn fortunes, but I knocked it all out. I generally, Richard, I don't have any money in the bank
0: at all. No. And I earn bundles. Yeah. I earn bundles, and, and I knock it out. But I, see, I admire it, because I also think, you know, A, why have loads of money sitting doing nothing? you it know why, why, why earn lots of money and then go to your grave leaving loads of money in a bank? Why, why, why do that? But also just, you know, I think also it gives you impetus to carry on working. It does, it does. <laughs> so, it, it, the idea that, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll do, and I'm doing three or all
1: things now, but the idea, I cannot, I don't have that fear gene. Yeah. And again, it all sounds very silver-grandizing, but just plainly I don't. I don't have an... And my wife, everyone says, what's your wife like? She's worse than I am. (laughs) Absolutely worse than I am. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, stick it away with tax. I've always done that. Well, I haven't always done that. I went skint in 1987. They literally knocked on the door to take away her stuff. And that's when... uh, uh, I started doing the adverts and I started doing everything. You know, yeah. I was on everything. A spitting image I had four dolls of me once. Sometimes it would be a sketch with four of me in it, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, I'm me talking to me, me interviewing over there and that's <laughs> perfectly legitimate but like, Gone with the wind. I'm never going to be you know, in this position again. They come coming to take our stuff away. Yeah. Uh, but you're supposed then to rethink life. Like when I was ill the other year, you're supposed to come out of that with some insight. And I lack that, which takes me back to that shallow thing. And it is shallow and it is reckless and it's not Right, but it's just, I've not never had that. It's never frightened me at all. So I put the money away with the tax, and I'll think, what can we do with it? Let's all go away. Uh, we've got I live in a great big house on Blackleaf, the house that Daz built. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we're a big, big family. My wife's one of ten. And it, it, it is, uh, and I say it without a blush, people sometimes say it's the darling buds of Bermondsey. Because I just like to be a good host. Yeah. I like people coming round. I like, uh, you know because uh, I'm well aware of the absurdity of what's got us there yeah. but I'm under no illusions about you know, it's not for everyone and it's not a philosophy uh, and it's not flash because everyone I know is pretty much like that they really are yeah. you look after everyone about you and you do it as if next week you might not be earning yeah. but uh, they can't take that away with you. I'm never going to get to 84 and think oh god you know, I wish I hadn't gone to Hawaii for that month <laughs> uh, and I had nothing. Going, I said in the book, nothing. I flim flam because oh, I can flim flam. A uh, uh, bank manager, I said, I'm going to away for a month. <laughs> he said, Mister you, you, Meggy, you're at the limits of your overdraft. <laughs> I said, Now look, I'm doing a. I had a vague hope of doing another I'm doing this series yeah. and I'm going to earning so much money I said but alright fine we won't do that and i would give it all of that and okay and they, they underwrote this going off to Hawaii <laughs> the last photo in the book is me and Wendy uh, in Hawaii impossibly young uh, impossibly in love and uh, more, most impossibly of all in Hawaii <laughs> <laughs> But getting away with it like, is a, probably a bad life lesson, but that's the truth of it, yeah. yeah. But I don't have any money now. I really, really don't. I've nothing, nothing. I'm overdrawn at the moment. Right? I'll get a big old cheque at the end of the week, with saying or other. Knock that out. <laughs> when? Come on, we're going to a comrade. See Chaz. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think anyway. I suppose you know if you've got an ordinary job and that you get a, a weekly oh, yeah. wage, then that's oh, going to no. work. It but is purely a, a is,
1: consequence of yeah. this ludicrous harlequinade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, nothing I've done has any worth, but it has worth in terms of amusement and distraction, and you know, yeah. uh, 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 and varying degrees of quality, whether people like you or not. But I can't brood on that either. If the BBC or everyone rings you up. I can do it. I'll deliver what they want. And I've written the series on at the moment. You know, yeah. it's all right. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, as a stepping stone to some, I have no ambitions, and I think that's that's important. I've never had any ambitions either to be taken seriously or to be uh, for some chance to uh, or to build a career or to be respected. And you sometimes get patronised. Uh, you mentioned Desert Island Discs, and uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and that was we're not learning much about the real you. you know? I read your book and we come away think, who is this guy? And I said, "Cursed is it you. That's it. I know, but that is, I have no hidden depths at all. <laughs> they really aren't. I, 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 I've, I've always had a rainbow around my shoulder and it's annoying, the ebullience, I understand is annoying sometimes, but anyone will tell you. I, I just am like that. And it's only in recent years, I can't realise perhaps how extraordinary it is yeah. uh, in both ways, good and bad. But I, I was the youngest of... Uh, three kids my sister and my brother uh, were born in Deptford in a one room thing I wasn't because my mum got pregnant with me again uh, quite late on the council said well you can't have all them kids in that flat we're going to give you a, a, a new estate being built in Bermondsey uh, you've got a, a garden and, and an indoor bathroom and they couldn't believe So I was born and couldn't help but feel partially responsible for all this. <laughs> and and, and uh, all I knew was that, you know, it was great and the estate was great. And, and, and I and just having the ump just never... It, 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 they say that gene wasn't there. Yeah, It can be annoying. People say, oh, God, you're relentlessly upbeat. You're Pollyanna. But I'm stuck with it. I'm fed up with people who are always using that whiff of the workhouse. Every book you read, you know, it was such I've a, 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 a really really struggled to get where I am I didn't I haven't struggled at all I know it's a rotten thing I haven't it's been an absolute breeze look at them hands I come from I come from a family of manual labourers look never done a stroke never done a so what entitles me then to be uh, have any kind of side in this I mean this is this is is what we're doing now and what a tremendous pleasure it is this is it This is what we do for a living. I mean, And I, because I was slightly ahead of it, I mean, I've been doing it longer than Stephen Fry or any of them, if I might put myself in that. Uh, I was doing it since 79.
0: Yeah.
1: And never wanted to do, I couldn't do what you do, I couldn't do stand-up. Actually, what I do do radio, I suppose, but that only came very late. Yeah, I mean, it's similar. I think you probably could. No, 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 <laughs> no. Because I generally could. No, no. I, uh, if I, you I, want I, to, I can't. Comment. No, can't. No. all oh, that could you act? Can you do? No. Uh, whatever it is, I do. I'll do. Yeah,
0: you know, I think but, you, know, you, you know. You know, what you can do, and um, you know. But I think it's no. It is. It's very interesting. I wanted. I wanted to. Uh, so, so even when you got ill, were you still? Did you still... still <laughs> no, it didn't positive. occur to me for a second I was going to die. That's, yeah. that's all I'm going to say about it. it
1: yeah. Eight months of absolute, just the worst, most... i disc- had cancer of the head. Yeah, a cancer is, of the head. Uh, of the head. You don't hear about it. I had it of the head. But to talk about it, and it's not... Again, people think, oh, you're burying that deep. I ain't. could have yeah. buried me deep. I could. I, I ain't. I, I genuinely... It doesn't interest me. It's like anyone talking about their illness... I can just hear my wife saying, you're right. right, you're well now, don't milk it. <laughs> that is exactly what Wendy would say. And so, yeah, it was disgusting, but what it was, oh, I cancelled the head, it was really horrible, duh. Yeah, but it didn't, it, it I don't define us, and I've got nothing to pass on. I mean, to be fair, the geniuses who got me well, uh, uh, and they said this is going to be the worst, other than bone marrow, this is the worst, but the prognosis is good, uh, but, you know. Anyway, and uh, uh, when I come out of it, and they said, would you come back and talk to people who have just been diagnosed? I said, no, because all I can tell them is this is, no matter how bad you think it's going to be, it is going to be so much worse. Uh, one of the first things they do is dig a hole in here to put a tube in that all your food and morphine is going to go in. They get you... And I said, it's just... and I said, they don't want to hear that. <laughs> Instead, they might see me and say, oh, look, he's all right, but... I would be, wouldn't I? You know, <laughs> I, said, I said, they're going to think, well, right. And whatever it was, it, it, it was rotten. And yeah. I'll tell you how it come about. And here's something, for, this is totally blokish. I, I had a lump in me neck, that side, that side, uh, come up. And, of course, didn't do nothing about it. And I was a much fatter fellow than I am now then. A big old witty large. And uh, and I had this lump come up. But it didn't ever occur to me there was anything rotten. That would be benign. That would be Nothing. And so I put it off and put it off and put it off. Sure, when I went in there, it was nothing. It was a lump on the thyroid. And I I, I said, you're going to have to have a little bit of surgery, take that away, uh, but keep an eye on the other side. I said, how long? They said, you'll be off work for about three days. (sighs) Oh, all right, okay, all right. So I was doing the radio every day at the time. So I took that away. And he said, but keep an eye on the other side because your thyroid's like a bow tie. And sometimes... Uh, we, we try it with a half, but it sometimes comes back on the other side, in which case you go on tablets, all right. Three years later, I'll get this lump on the other side in exactly the same spot. Uh, Talk about, a, you know, low blow. Thanks, what a trick. So, oh, look at that. When, I, I leave. when, when am I going to take three days off work? Oh, uh, in the end, people kept saying, what's that sticking out your neck like a bleeding football, like an old boy's goiter? I said, oh, So back I went, and I said, uh, oi, uh, uh, it's come back, like you said, I said, on the other side. That doesn't look like your thyroid. I said, no, it is. You remember you said, you went, I know, uh, bang, bang, cut the test, cut the needles. In. I went home, about half hour later the phone rang, and this girl who plainly was reading Hello, <laughs> she went, Miss Baker, that's his doctor, uh, what's his secretary, yeah, um, could you come back? So I said, what now? She went, yes, uh, could you bring someone with you? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we're not going to dinner, are we? <laughs> and that, 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 yeah, you think, oh, yeah. oh. Uh, But then you throw yourself into these geniuses at the National Health Service, which I did. And I said, I don't want any questions. I said, I've not got any questions at all. Everyone else is crying. Because it's all, you know, for them, it's murder. I said, I got no questions. Because I'm not fighting this. You are. You know, I'm I'm Normandy Beach. I'm Hastings. There's an army inside me. You're going to kick out, like, you know, D-Day. I'll lay back. Whatever you tell us to do. And I didn't ask a single question. uh, But I had no it was murder I didn't think it'd be quite as rotten as it was but at the end of it I didn't think uh, you know oh, well, I'm coming out of that a lot deeper I, like Homer Simpson says, Marge I didn't learn a damn thing <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah it, it was four years ago now four yeah. years ago uh, I nearly they did say one of the things we might have to do if we have to, you'll lose your vocal cords. Yeah.
0: Oh, a, <laughs> you don't know how lucky you could have been, folks. And I, uh, but I mean, you know, out of all the things that it could A, your vocal cords, B, your head, you know, which you use most of. I use my head the most,
1: I think, out of everything. Here's the thing uh, uh, you don't look. Uh, forgive me if there's any other uh, cancer survivors in the room. You don't, I mean, God, this is all natural. I didn't lose my <laughs> hair because of cat uh, ke- chemotherapy and all that stuff. You think I used to think chemotherapy was a thing? It's absolutely. It's like saying surgery. It, it's different for everyone. And they said you won't lose your hair. I said, so one thing it wouldn't have bothered me. You know, might be, you might lose your life, but you will you, you're going, you're going in your coffin with a full head of hair. <laughs> but there, there were all the side effects and all the terrible things. Yeah, it is wrong. But I genuinely think. I'm not very good at that. Writing the second volume of the book, I've got to put stuff like that in it. My yeah. brother died uh, uh, when he was 29. Right. And I've got to address that, but I don't know how to. Again, not because A, it's just not what I do. And also, uh, it just seems like a drag to me. What do you think it's like? My brother died. My mum and went off the rails for a bit. I don't find that my forte. Hey. It's perfectly legitimate for other people to do it, but I have a great problem with because I don't find it interesting. I don't yeah. find the downbeat interesting. I think every. My wife said a terrific thing at the airport last year. We were going to knock out another few quid. She said, <laughs> "She's going." For, so she's very like me, Wynne. And she go over all the books at the airport, and every book she picked up said, everything seemed great in Graham and Tracy's life," but behind the scenes they hid a dark secret. Oh, I don't uh, <laughs> Martin had everything in the world, love women, no no, but the tragedy, he can't oh, and she just went, everyone had a dark secret tragedy here, but it wasn't as simple she went, you know what Dan, if someone wrote a book a lovely story about nice people I'd buy it <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, and, and I just do believe that it's much easier like the news takes over everything, It's much easier to be downbeat about things than actually to be on the upswing if everyone was like, they'd drive us all potty but uh, fortunately there's such a dearth of people who want to show the other side I've got no other side I genuinely have got no other side as I keep saying so thank God that there's not a rush of people saying I don't mind appearing stupid uh, 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 I'm not saying stupid in the sense of uh, I don't think I am yeah. but there's a tremendous yearning Michael McIntyre's chat show starts tonight. <laughs> For people who want to show another side to themselves, I don't. Yeah. There is no other side. That's the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I because mean, I think well, I suppose with comedians, a lot, a lot of comedians are worrying about how they're perceived. So, you know, some comedians would take a Daz advert, and some comedians would say, "Oh, never. I would never do that." And you know, so it, it just. But I didn't did not... think I had
1: a, pers- a persona or a, a reputation to lose. Uh, awesome world. Awesome boys, the great awesome boys, of course, who did so many adverts, and he said people say, uh, you know, he did. Kodak cameras and wine, yeah. and I'm um, telling you, because know, he's trying to fund his films. I had no such, you know, I was, I was, it was for a good cause, cause I was skin. But the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, but I don't think of that as any better, worse than anything else you do. I don't right. want to remember anything. I don't think anyone certainly expects of anything like me, but also, Welles said, for God's sake, even LaTrek painted posters. And I thought, <laughs> oh, that's good. I'll have that. So for a while, I used to get flattered here, well, even LaTrek painted posters. We are you talking about? I don't know, but when Orson Welles says it, it justifies. I did the Mars bars in the same year. Yeah. I mean, I say, who, 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 who am I? You know, uh, it's not like I'm Steve Martin or something. It's not always doing... Look at my career, Colonel. It's absolutely right. That's what you should have been doing, particularly yeah. as the VAT men wanted to take their furniture away.
0: <laughs> uh, and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I don't... I think it's sort of. I think it is interesting, and I think it is. You know, I think it's very interesting that that this approach has led to this amazing, like, thirty-year career, whatever, thirty-five-year 35 yeah. career, and that you're still working all the time. And it's yeah. It's I know,
1: but people don't. And why would they know? I mean, I write. You know, I write a load of things for other people, and I write yeah. lots of other things, and that drives women mad. You people don't know you wrote it. Uh, I said sub- It don't matter, does it? It's not your job. The whole point of a writer, I always think, is to be invisible. Uh, Oh, I don't think so. I think you should... I said, when? What's your favourite film? Gone with the Wind. Who wrote the screenplay? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, get out the road. Do your job. And uh, as I say, uh, I remember uh, there was a thing called Blood on the Carpet, one. John Humphreys. uh, And they... He, they rang and said, let's blow on the carpet. here we, we look at uh, media and uh, business issues and look at the backstage, back backstage infighting I want to talk to you about on Radio 1 okay uh, well I uh, did two years at Radio 1 did already, you know it wasn't two years was fine then it went up, up the wall and Radio 1 was. it seems odd that I'd ever been on Radio 1 but did the same. I've only got one show in me and I did it there yeah. and and uh, uh, Okay. And I said, but I can't do it. I said, I, I don't really want to do this. I said, I don't, it's not my sort of thing. They said, God love you. Okay. They came back. Would you do it again? Then they said, John will come to you. We'll bring a, you're in the West. Okay. Oh, fine. If any anyway, rate, he sat down and started saying, um, We've been speaking to people uh Radio 1 about that period and the, uh, you took over from uh, DLT and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you lost like two, three million. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was, and I didn't know that I was. He was looking at it as if it was tragic. I don't recall <laughs> it like that at all. And I said, John, I don't, I don't recognise this angst. I don't. I've not looked back for a second on that. I said, I had a good time at Radio One. There were pretty good shows, and there's reasons why it won't be. Same as Kirsty, when it I. Anyone uh, when I broadcast, I wear various wigs on the radio because it cheers everyone up, cheers yeah. everyone in the studio. There's no reason for it, uh, and so I put these wigs on and dollar. Uh, I've got this wonderful dollar ninety nine bandana with integral hair. So you put that on, you think right? Okay, this then now we've got some fun, right? so I've got a series of them. you just put them on, and people always come in and say, "Is this because of the cancer?" You know, and I say, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and if it, if it was, I'd probably have a better prosthetic than a dollar ninety nine wig I bought. <laughs> a truck stop uh, but again Kirsty, she was freaked out but why, why are you wearing it was all cut out of it I said because right. Kirsty, it's Desert Island Disc it's not an affidavit it's a radio show uh, you, you've chosen another song from your childhood because what I did was choose the first eight songs I remembered yeah. because I did for a while get into that thing we've all thought about Desert Island Disc and I've, you can't help it you get into that thing of saying well I think I'll play a bit of Mozart and then the Ramones <laughs> and then I'll just show them. And then you know, I thought it's stupid. I'm just going to play the first eight songs I remember, which I still like and must have informed everything else. So that was it. Yeah. But um, is it is it a song your father particularly liked? I said no, no. Uh, what are the reasons then you've delved into childhood? I said Kirsty, if you like, I'll change it. We can change it. We're just fooling around in a radio studio. Look, I'm wearing a wig. <laughs> but. Uh, as I say, I think uh, not particularly Curse's fault. I think sometimes in our game, people like to be, give it a bit of gravitas because it validates what is basically a, a, a one-eyed, pin-headed industry. <laughs> well,
0: I, I think I really, really love the attitude you have towards it, and I think you know you're exactly right that a lot of the, I mean, a lot of um, um, both the management and the talent side of things is staffed by. Oh, there's nuisances everywhere. everywhere. It's not. It's yes. not as we know. It's not yeah. exclusively in the ballrooms.
1: No, no. Not really, mainly, but it's not <laughs> exclusively in the ballroom. No, no. By and large, there's not a lot of nuisances you meet, and uh, uh, you can always tell. But I don't think that's peculiar to this game. No. I'm sure everyone knows. There's every There's the whole colour wheel of personality in any job you do. Yeah. It's, there's a sense of entitlement about show business that makes people resent it more, show business. <laughs> and uh, I know. Uh, and, uh, but, I, I, but I don't feel that people I've met in private, and I reserve my, uh, as everyone else does, reserve me do me nut like the people who cold call you, but yeah. for some reason you do it to an executive and that's a shock. shot. All these proper ways of doing that. No there ain't. I think he's an idiot. I just told him he's an idiot. Everyone in this office thinks you're an idiot. I remember I said to them, they were both like this, before I went on the air. I said, you know what? You do notice, everyone calls you a weasel and everyone calls you a dim bulb. Up until that point, nobody had. Since I left, everyone does. <laughs> everyone I everyone run it says, I was with dim bulb the other day. <laughs> Dimbo Weasel, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I did Thank you only ever see. But, uh, the great thing was, after it finished, which shows you the tremendous release, perhaps. for people. I came out there, it was like the end of Dead Poet Society. Everyone had come down on Radio Freedoms, all clapping in the corridors. Yeah. And I did something that was, you get, rarely get a chance to do it in real life. He started saying, Danny, we really should do this through your agent." I said, why? We're both standing here. I said, aren't you a chance? I said, I know what you're doing, you said We're looking for a spot for you on the weekends. I said... You kiss that side, you kiss that side. (laughs) And afterwards, I said, I've never seen anyone do that in real life. (laughs) I, it was a tremendous firework display. It must yeah. be said. I don't regret it for a second. My wife, my wife would French kiss him because since then, all of a sudden, as I say, you
0: know, you got to do this, you got to do that. But most people, I mean, most people are sucking. You know, suck up. They're yeah, I know. Game, but you don't want to be defined know. by being a loose cannon. I'm not a shock jock. No. Anyone
1: who is the shows knows it. Absolutely as light as a feather. They're yeah. silly. But more and more, there's no 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 room for that. Everything has to be through meetings. Do our agenda. And all this nonsense about this abdication of responsibility. Uh, I think people always want to see someone do something they couldn't. They don't resent people who do and say, well, I couldn't do that. You know, that, uh, There was a tremendous thing Buster Keaton did. Uh, you when know, He did a voiceover, a, a talk, uh, the NFT once, over his films. Right. And he said the only duty of anyone who is asking the public to pay to see them is to... Uh, uh, do something that they he said that, 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 that. Perhaps they think, well, perhaps that's why he's doing that because I wouldn't have thought of that. And he gave an example. I'm not for a second saying I'm not Buster Keaton, but this <laughs> is the crystallisation of the thought. He showed a bit from Steamboat Bill Jr. when his house is in the in the way of a hurricane that's coming. So he jacks his house up onto the back of a flatback truck and, uh, and drives it across town. So he's driving a house across town on a... On a Chain behind his house and he's going fine and he comes to the railway tracks and as he's going over the railway tracks of course the car stalls and the car's got over but the house is now stuck on these railway tracks so being Buster Keaton he just looks at the audience and he looks around at the house and he gets out and he gets behind the house and starts pushing because in the distance you can see a plume of smoke coming and he looks out and the thing won't move gets back in the car Looks at the camera. The plume of smoke's getting nearer and nearer and nearer. He gets out. He shoves again. Gets back in the car. Nothing. Now that you can see it's a train. It's coming on. It's coming on. He jumps out. And in those days, of course, he did it. He puts his shoulder to the house and he goes, boom! And he pushes it off the track just as that train goes, comes through. And he turns to the camera and goes like this. And then from this side of the camera, another train goes, bang! And (laughs) smashes the house up. And he said, that's all I wanted to do, let the audience out, think me, and then double-cross him. Uh, Isn't that beautiful? It is such a beautiful thing to think, well, Buster Keaton, that's why you're bleeding Buster Keaton. Yeah, because other comedians would have just left the house on the track. No, go the extra bit and, and That'll always that 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 is why people say, well, all right, you knock out a load of money, but perhaps that's what you do. I couldn't do that. Yeah, no, that's true. And so, yeah, they do. you see, you know people see you work, and everyone has got mates who they think should be stand-ups, but it ain't quite as easy as that. There is a craft involved. It's not natural. It is neither natural to uh, uh, to stand up and do that and work at it and do what they do. And uh, everyone at base knows that. But the resentment at the moment of anything that seems like peacockism or or seems like uh, entitlement, I'm better than you and all of that, well, otherwise, all you end up then is is a soup. You wouldn't say to someone who's come and put shelves up in my ass, can you do it? Well, I have a go. I'm just the same as you. (laughs) Well, I'm not paying to put my shelves up, mate. And anyone who buys a ticket
0: should get the best possible show. And if they're listening to a radio show... Just try and keep things going. So you are, in a way, you're saying, you know, this is all just froth and nonsense, but then you are saying but it's that, more than that. that. But that's not to denigrate froth and nonsense. Yeah. Froth and no. nonsense, is, there's a
1: place for it. Yeah. For God's sake, the king of froth and nonsense, P.G. Woodhouse, <laughs> the, 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 well, his whole books are about crow, you know, cow creamers that get stolen, mistaken <laughs> identity, but it's, it's the idea that, as I say, it, it, we put so much store by... Uh, heavy subjects, you know, that's why we've got so many fucking 24-hour rolling news channels. Uh, Because that's easy. It really is easy. It really is easy. Right, if you're just waking up, there's been a a derailment, which is serious, of course, but uh, Proportion, people don't want to be beat over the head and did sometimes that thing when that terrible thing when that helicopter crashed in yeah. London. It was a shocking thing. But we, we can cope. you know, we can deal with it. Give us the facts. But they stayed there for three hours, even though I'd been carted away, and they really seemed disappointed nobody was dead. They genuinely seemed like well Graham, any more news? No, at the moment everyone's accounted for. Anyone the <laughs> square their jaw and read that crap? And, and I sometimes think, yeah, it's, it's, of course it's important, but there are great news people and there are a tremendous amount of average news people. And they seem to carry every bit of weight and airtime that the rest of them do. And we're never going to roll that back, but the last thing you need is 24-hour news. You just don't need it. You don't need 24-hour anything. used The greatest thing used to happen in telly was when... BBC used to say, Well, that's the last of the school's programs this morning. The next program is at 4 o'clock in Jack and Nori. <laughs> Until then, we're closing down. Because, i.e., we've got nothing worth broadcasting. Go off and do something else. And what? what? We didn't realize what chutzpah that was. I used to come back from America and think, saying to my mates, In America, I've got uh, 200 channels on 24 hours a day. Well, careful what you wish for. Because now, now we know. And so, it's just coming back to saying, the froth and nonsense. In moderation, and when you're in the mood for it, is every bit as vital as uh, you know uh, uh, state funerals. <laughs> 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 I'm doing what I can here with the imagery. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Buster Keaton, all right.
0: <laughs> I'll ask. I haven't asked you an emergency question, oh, as I've got no. to ask you an emergency question. I'll ask you this. We'll get. Um, if you had to choose, <laughs> I thought I'd, I'm not going to ask one, but I am going to ask one. If you had to choose. Daphne Baker between having a tit that dispensed talcum powder... And a finger that could travel. Don't wait till the... you've heard the choice. I've already made up my mind. What's going to be better than the first one? Nothing. Uh, I don't know. It is a finger that can travel through time, but just your finger can yeah. go through time. Uh, actually, no, I'll change my mind. I'll go with <laughs> the finger that can yeah. travel through time. I told you, yeah. I can go with the finger that can
1: travel through time. Uh, what would you do with that finger? I, I, we are about 300 yards from. If there was a time machine right there and you said you've got an hour anywhere in history, yeah. I would take it back to this very area. Just this area in 1972, because Newport Court just along there used to be all second-hand record shops. Right. And I genuinely look at old photos of this area and think, if I can crawl inside there, I just, I I still just live for buying old vinyl records, and that would be terrific. If I had a finger (laughs) that could go through time. I'm so uh, such records. a junkie, I could tell. I could run my finger. I would know. And I think I could do that and lift them out and bring them back through the portal. I could. Whereas the talcum powder thing is taken yeah. care of because, as we know, talcum powder is mined. It's, a, it's mined like coal. Right. And uh, you don't notice, uh, in, I think the talcum powder mines are, they, are out in Romania way. And. Th- you know we were always used to that image of all the uh, the, 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 the Welsh miners coming up covered in yeah. powder. The talcum powder. They come up smelling fabulous. <laughs> That's really true. Talcum powder is actually mined, and it, I don't care what I don't care how secure you are in your sexuality. You sit with a load of miners from Chile and all over the world. That's so where do you work, mate, uh, in uh, in Romania. Yeah, much on a scene... there. Well, actually buying talcum powder. <laughs> what? It really is. Talcum <laughs> is mind. Wow. And so I, I'm happy to, to, you know, let go of a piece of my chest for the good of the Romanian economy. But, <laughs> yeah. but remember that talcum powder That's is mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good.
0: And, um, <laughs> um, Salt all... mines and all, but talcum powder mines. All right, I'm going I'm to ask it. Danny Baker... <laughs> Why what I have to ruin I've had a nice time. Yeah. I've been treated as an equal, more or less. You know, <laughs> a silent partner. And uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to ruin it. Have you ever tried to suck your own cock?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is... It, uh, I, I, I don't work blue. <laughs> Never have done. Not because I don't enjoy it. I said, love I mean, I, I think blue comics are absolutely yeah. a, uh, hilarious. Uh, no, but because. Uh, but then that has been Bill Hicks did it, and that's it. <laughs> that is the one observation. And the answer would be no. Yeah. Uh, and do you know genuinely what I'm thinking now? Oh fuck it. I was. In my, my. I mean, don't feel bad. Uh, because I just said fuck it anyway but I, I, swearing is another thing I don't care our house used to be full of swearing but I thought oh my girls were like this this has gone alright I'll say oh a look at that thing we did the other night I won't let them say this Uh-oh. I mean my daughter my oldest daughter's 30 don't get me wrong uh, <laughs> but that's still like that and no one wants to hear about their old man self yeah. autofillating <laughs> thank you very much for autofillating <laughs> is the phrase but, uh, so, um, but that was my first thought yeah. there. oh we could go with you this say I've ru- and I've ruined the whole, I've I've ruined ruined the whole night I've been, I've been 57 years is a polyanna. Uh-huh. Suddenly, you've turned me <laughs> into Malcolm Mugridge. Another one for the, t- another one for the teenagers. <laughs> I used to be able to do a great Malcolm Mugridge, but there's no need for it anymore. I know people don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I've done that on the radio, but it, 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 I, if, if four or five people go, dear God, Malcolm Mugridge, James Mason, Robin Day, yes, sir, you were the back, I, 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 an old orphanage for. Impressions that have nowhere to yeah. go anymore. <laughs> that's,
0: that's radio. <laughs> oh dear. Well, um, we we can't go on forever, and I won't ask you Josie's questions. That would be weird. Do you do you really have loads of laser discs still? Oh, Baker's folly. Yeah. Yes,
1: I do. <laughs> yes I do uh, I got in early on the laser desk. And, You know, that's, a great, that's oh, a great spot I did yeah because you know it's another way of, of spending money and there was yeah. a shop just over in St Martin's Lane used to sell them all and for ages I, I held on to that thing when DVDs came out no the quality is better <laughs> I, tried, I tried and there were great big machines twice as big as this desk and you put in a laser disc, and a big LP side, literally 12-inch yeah, yeah. records. And they went in, and halfway through a film, it would cut out and go... <laughs> and turn itself over in there. But the quality was better than video. I bought thousands of them. I used to knock out... I used to go in, and what you got? Just load them up, I'll take them all. Uh, I've still got, like, Star Wars. i think the only laser disc I've still got. Yeah. The only person I ever... Went in front of, and I don't mean a, 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 a overall particularly, but I just couldn't. I thought it was David Bowie. So I, did, I used to write TFI Friday for six and a half years, and David Bowie was on. And I'd never met Bowie, and like every you know, all civilized people I thought, like it's Bowie!" Uh, but he's little, he's quite slight, isn't right. he? He came in, and he's sitting there during rehearsal, and I went over, and I said, uh, uh, "Mr. Bowie," I said. Uh, I stood outside Louis Chamodian in 1973 round the back there uh, trying to force open the doors. Right? And I thought, and he's got that look, David Bowie, uh, which he's quite entitled to have, waiting for you to stop speaking. And I thought, I don't know where I'm going with it. I don't know how to do it normally. I'm all right with that. I said, So, uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, by the way, I'm right. I'm sort of producer of the show. Anything you need? He went, No, I don't need anything. And he carries on looking at you. And I went, and it, nothing. I thought, oh no. So I reached for this laser disc of the man who felt the worth. And, and he, I said, now I know you've um, asked, you don't want things signed, you don't know, it's, it's just a thing, uh, I've just stopped doing that. I said, well, uh, would you do my laser disc? And he went, fucking your laser disc. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went,
1: I know, I know, he went, have you, have you bought this particularly to be obtuse? And I said, <laughs> and all of a sudden, me and David Bowie, I said, no, I've got thousands of them. And he went, Tuh. That's what he did. (laughs) There you go. And I took it away, uh, and uh, yeah, he looked at it. You know, if my stature was small before that, he thought, you know, man, he literally saw his own (laughs) out. and went, fucking hell, a laser (laughs) disc.
0: I bet no you know that, that's Boies. the only one
1: in the world that's I been think signed, so, but it's by, signed by... It, Bowie. Might be the only one in the world. that's it signed by <laughs> Bowie. I know I actually got the Beatles anthology, that, that TV series, yeah. the, the Beatles. I got that box, it's signed by McCartney. <laughs> and he, he... Got, I've never seen this, what is it? It's the it's a, it's a, it's a future, Paul. It's... A, it's, a, it's a, <laughs> It's called a 78 rpm. Uh, yeah, and he signed that. So I've got, I've still got some laser discs because I was such a, I bang the drum so much from. Yeah. I've made them, I you know, sort of made them valuable. What if the machine breaks down? What machine? <laughs> that, that got turfed out years right. ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the we're, so we're quite good at getting rid of things. Yeah, yeah. We had two laser disc players, uh, and it's one of them things. My, uh, 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 Joe's got a DVD player. You don't have to turn it over. I said, but the quality's better. I didn't know what I was talking about. People used to say that about Betamax and VHS. What quality? Yeah. I'm sitting, sitting there with a jeweler's eyepiece. You know, oh, speaker there, speaker there. Don't, don't, don't spoil the triangle. Ah, yes, this is it. Yeah, but the quality's all right, but it keeps cutting out halfway through, doesn't it? It doesn't cut out. It's turning itself over. <laughs> I hung in the old dump of the laser discs. I'm pretty reckless in buying technology, which I don't have a mobile, which is weird, but a laser yeah. disc, yes. No mobile. Yeah, no mobile, but a laser disc. <laughs> That's good. Well, unfortunately, I think we could talk to you for about you. I've come The audience have come to the no, end of their personalities. No, no, no,
0: no. They, they could do more. <laughs> oh, I haven't asked them. There's a, I'll do this, and we'll finish on this, because this isn't a true story, but... There's a rumour that you were responsible for killing Bob Marley, but, yeah. the, 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 but you had nothing to do with it. Here's the thing. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel we've got another 15 minutes it is, to go. It, no.
1: uh, I know where that came from. Right. I know how it got around, and uh, uh, because I know exactly who to blame for that. <laughs> Me. And <laughs> I had an accomplice, my big mouth. I, I uh, was on the radio, and when I used to do 606, the, you know, which is a... Uh, there was a, in the earlier we started six oh six. We never spoke to it called six oh six. Anyone who knows the football show, it by mistake got into the schedules. They we were always meaning to come up with a name for that. Football phoning and all that, but so it, it, as it got closer to it, Radio Times said, What's this sh- show called? and they forgot to send whatever title they So, Radio Times actually just put six o'clock news, 606, right? <laughs> football phoning. And if 606 took off, like that, any anyway, rate, I was on there one night and I like to make it peppy and I would never really do it about football. I found itself so, because I found other people were doing football phoning. So, let's talk about football supporting, let's talk about uh, what's the most extraordinary thing you've ever got into a ground, let's uh, the most dangerous pitches in the world. Uh, what have you used for goalposts? Because football supporting and football are two different things. And somebody said something about the Whalers that night, or whatever it was. And I, uh, when I was at the New Music Express, we used to play against the Whalers. Right. We used to play against also, there was a league and we were the enemy and all these bands. The Jam had a band, Madness had a band, right. and the Whalers were really good. Uh, now, uh, when they came over uh, uh, previously, I've really looked forward to playing them, but we never got to them because they were too big. When, in '78, when I was at the enemy, they were too big. Uh, but the older, actually, oh, Bob, we always used to go over a kick around around there. So this fellow's mentioned the Whalers, so I went. I played football against the Whalers, <laughs> hadn't? And he went, <laughs> and I don't know why, but like in your game, a certain thing clicks over. You mean football? He died of a foot injury, and all yeah. this. I said, "In fact, I said I've never told anyone this because I thought this would be good radio." And I said, "I tackled Bob Marley quite hard, and he went rasclantly. He, he looked at me, and his they all come up. And said There's a lot of shots. said Because he was too quick for me. We were a good team, the enemy, but he was too quick. I said. About five years later, he gets uh, an inf- gangrene infection in his toe, which turns cancerous and kills him. I think I might have killed Bob Marley. Now, for me, that's a rounded story. And he got, and for oh no, I said, I don't think I'll do the rest of the show and make gags about it. Well, over in certain parts of South East London, the Yardies didn't think that was very funny. (laughs) Because it did, and I started getting a lot of mail saying, you know, you killed Bob and all this. And it it took off. It became an internet meme. And even though I said the following, I never played against Bob Marley. I said, you know, (laughs) not because I was backing down. I thought it was a good story, but. The dags don't add up. I was at the enemy 78, 79. But that has stuck like glue wow. that you killed Bob Marley. I never <laughs> met Bob Marley, no. And, in fact, he didn't die because of a football injury in the toe. That's like, you know, Mama Cass's ham sandwich. It's not true. Right. But it, but now, yes, there's still... And even though, I have tried to rectify it in the book, not through fear, <laughs> but it just shows, you know... Yeah. Even though, yeah, he'd be garrulous and do all that, and it's quite... As I saw it, quite a funny bit. I think I killed Bob Marley. I tackled him once. A lot of people now like to think, yeah, he'd still be with us. won't be you you, 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 you clogger. You know, <laughs> you weren't so fat, you'd have probably got the ball off him. There's no truth in it, but I, that's where it came from. Uh-huh. I actually did say that. <laughs> and that. And that's where the confusion set
0: in. <laughs> well, it's great to have that cleaned up. We're going to have to end it there, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, massive round of applause amazing me. Thank so you. Danny Baker, let's Hello. very much. Get okay. it, been listening to richard herring's leicester square theater podcast with me richard herring and my guest danny baker the music is by pes thanks to orange mark and everyone at the british comedy guide and jason and everyone at the leicester square theater thanks to chris evans not that one although he's mates with danny baker the that one isn't he or maybe the not the one from the avengers i think uh, and uh, everyone at go faster stripe and uh, thank you to my producer ben walker this is a go faster stripe fuzz and sky potato production Thank you very much for listening to um, the podcast. Uh, do go to gofasterstripe.com and you can buy series passes for this and the other videoed series of uh, whatever this is. Oh, Richard Hanks, Essence Square Theatre Podcast. You can also uh, get a series pass to Meaning of Life, which is my six part show uh, with stand up and sketches all about the big questions in life. Um, and if you want us to make more internet content, it would be fantastic if you went to GoFasterstrike.com slash R-H-M-O-L uh, and made a one-off payment or even a monthly commitment. Uh, maybe just a pound a month would be fantastic and we will try and make shows like As It Occurs To Me and if enough of you give us money, we'll make even more fantastic content. All of that money will go back into making other things for you to enjoy So you can just sit there and enjoy this for nothing, or you can just give us a little bit of money. Uh, If you don't want to give us any money or you can't afford to give us any money, please do just tell your friends about these podcasts. Uh, There's lots of it for free. We'll keep them free for those of you who are mean or poor. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye.